Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Com and definitely check out those shows as well. Also, just a quick note that submissions for the Zibby Awards are open and will close on September 15th. Go to zibbyowens.com and you will find the Zibby Awards open submissions where we celebrate all the under-celebrated parts of a book, like the best spine, the best author's note, the best table of contents. And authors can nominate their own best publicists, best editors, and so on. There will be an in-person award ceremony in October in New York. You will not want to miss it. Go to zibbyowens.com. Charlie Gibson and Kate Gibson are co-hosts of a podcast called The Bookcase, and I interviewed them about their podcast and also our shared love of reading. Kate previously worked as an executive in public television and as a producer and director for a number of Food Network shows. She is working on a master's degree in library and information sciences. 
Her father, Charlie Gibson, had been a 35-year veteran of ABC News before his retirement in 2009, working as White House correspondent and congressional correspondent before joining Good Morning America as co-anchor, and he became the permanent anchor of World News in 2006. The two of them co-host The Bookcase. The description of that is, are you stuck in a reading rut? The Bookcase makes the case for books outside of your usual genre. Wander the aisles of your local bookstore with Kate and Charlie Gibson and meet fascinating characters who will open your appetite to new categories while deepening your hunger for books. This weekly series will journey cover to cover through the literary world, featuring interviews with best-selling authors, tastemakers, and independent bookstore owners. New episodes post every Thursday. Welcome, a big welcome today to Charlie Gibson and Kate Gibson, who are co-hosts of the new podcast, The Bookcase, from ABC Studios, I guess, from ABC in general. From ABC Audio. ABC Audio. Thank you. There's the word I was looking for. So welcome to this special edition of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, where we are featuring another podcast. So I don't want everybody to stop listening to this podcast, but you should also listen to their podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Tell listeners about the bookcase and why the two of you, Charlie, why you came out of retirement, Kate, how you convinced him to do this and how, how why books are so important to you that you felt like this was worth uh, investing all your time in now. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first and then he can talk about how I, how I pulled him kicking and screaming out of retirement. Um, I, um, I left my job at Twin Cities PBS in September of 2019, um, thinking that I would quickly and easily find another job in public television, either within the Twin Cities or, or nearby, and we would relocate. And then the bottom dropped out of the entire planet and I had nothing to do. So if I, if I had to do it again, I may have stayed in my job a a little bit longer, but I was home with two kids going completely stir crazy and interviewing any place that would give me 15, 20 minutes. I was tap dancing as fast as I could. And I was reading everything I could get my hands on because I figured uh, at no other time in my life was I not going to have a job. So I started reading things on my bucket list like Infinite Jest and Bleak House and all of that. And, And it was a big part of how I connected with my dad during the pandemic. And my husband, who's an audio engineer, that's how we met. We worked on diners, drive-ins, and dives, and he actually is our producer now, said, I have all the equipment, and you guys have really oddly compelling conversations about books. Can I tape them, and we'll make a podcast? And I think I told him he was crazy for almost a year before he finally talked me into it, whereupon I called my father. Yeah, I think parents, father and child, mother and child, find various ways to connect as the kids are growing up. And other than family matters, I think Kate and I probably talk more about books than we have anything else in our lives. And she's a reader. She's a has always been a voracious reader. And that's always a, a, been a love of mine, reading. And so she calls me and says, let's do a podcast. As I've told the story before, she I had to call her back and say, what's a podcast? I didn't know. I'm just not of the generation that that, that casts pods, I guess. <laughs> and so I went out and bought a copy of a podcast for dummies. And um, it proved not to be very instructive because there is no cookie cutter way, as I know you have learned, to do a podcast. You just do it. And unfortunately, millions of people are doing it. <laughs> and... So I said to Kate, we need to, if you're not working, we need to sell this thing. Well, that that proved to be a, a tougher job than I thought. We went up a lot of blind alleys 
And finally, ABC Audio, to, probably to their great regret, said they would they would buy it. That's a heck of a plug. Uh, I, had some, I had some previous connection with uh, with ABC, as about seven people in the world remember. Oh, stop. And um, <laughs> so eight. eight, eight, eight um, but it, but it, it certainly was less than eleven. And so we're, we were in 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 business once we once ABC uh, said they would do it. The other thing was in order to stand out to differentiate ourselves. I since it was an ABC connection and since I was the host of Good Morning America for 19 years, I asked the new executive producer of Good Morning America, would she give us six slots a year to come on and do stories that sort of organically grow out of the podcast? Uh, but in truth, it's to plug the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I can't I can't lie about that. So so that's what we're doing. I, and I bless your heart for saying it's a new podcast. We've been doing what, 16, 17 shows, and it's hard. You do it to be every day. <laughs> I am in awe of your ability to do that because we do one a week and I'm I'm thinking uh, this is this is nutty on our end. <laughs> your end it's nutty times seven. As I told you, I also started doing it once a week. And our stories were so similar. It was my husband who got me to do a podcast. I was I also literally said to a friend, like, what's a podcast? And had to go Google like what to do and where the I couldn't even find the button on my phone to listen to podcasts. So I am with you on that whole journey. So yeah, I mean, starting slow, maybe who knows? Maybe in four years you guys will be a daily podcast and you'll be like, wow. I promise you, if it's a daily podcast, I will be six feet under. Um, <laughs> quickly. But it's 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 interesting. It's, it's really radio on demand. I mean, that's essentially what it is. And once I had that phrase in my head, it was it was a, a whole lot easier to understand. But I think in some ways, our sort of beginner stance with podcasts in some ways has been advantageous because we have no idea how we're doing nor would we even know how to go about putting together those analytics to figure out how we're doing. So that's very freeing in some ways. In this particular in this particular way, I think ignorance is really freeing because we both come from the world of TV and we know that how a podcast does is based on lots of different factors. And so in some ways, I think our not understanding the world has been very relaxing. <laughs> Not to burst your bubble, but there are detailed analytics for podcasts. Don't want to know. Okay, don't okay. Worry. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Want to know. Uh, somebody told us that uh, what percentage of people who are listening have subscribed? Apparently, that's that's something that people who listen to podcasts do. I didn't know, and and that's very high. So our level of engagement is high. Whether a lot of people are listening, we we don't know, but we're having fun. Yeah, and that's the, that's the point of it. And we have, uh, and I think you've probably come to the same conclusion. We are in the midst of a masterclass in writing. Yes. And we learn so much about how novelists, nonfiction writers, um, we're going to get into kids' books, we're going to get into biographies, how all these people work, because it's totally different. Again, is there, there's no cookie-cutter form of a podcast. So, too, is there no cookie-cutter potter, a cookie-cutter way that that writers go about their craft. Yeah, that's 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 true. And I think too when I when I was reading when I was growing up reading, if I read a good book, my my first reaction when I put the book down is, boy, I would love to sit down and have coffee with the author and find out how their mind works because I'm always interested in exploring the mind behind a great book. And so now I get to do that and and that's awesome. It's my dream job. 
You sound exactly like me. This is like the craziest thing. It's like watching myself talk. It's great. I'm like, this is what I must sound like to other people when I say the same thing. <laughs> Do I sound obnoxious? You sound amazing. <laughs> no, I, I share both of your enthusiasm about books. And I loved listening to your interview with Oprah, your opening episode, which was so wonderful. I actually didn't know the whole backstory of how she started the book club, how random a thing it was that it was just a five minute thing at the end of her show. And it was her intern really who was like, well, we have to just get people to read books. Listening to her talk to you about the importance of reading and getting people reading and also the gift of what you're giving someone when you read a good book and love it and you share that with someone else and then they read it and love it as this unique connection. Like I am so behind that a hundred percent. I feel like that all the time. Well, well it's, it's, it's interesting. We have one of the things I said to Kate, cause we both, both of us have an affection for independent bookstores that we love to go into a bookstore and just lose ourselves in the shelves and so I suggested to Kate that we would affiliate ourselves with 25, 30, 35 independent bookstores around the country. And I spent a fair bit of time on the web looking up what would be interesting bookstores. And, and I was interested in small ones. There, you know, there's some really big ones like uh, Shakespeare and Strand in, in New York and City Lights in Los Angeles and, and uh, Powell's in, in Portland, Oregon. I was interested in the, in the little, you know, the, the, there's... We just recently talked to a woman who retired as an English teacher and opened an independent bookstore in a town of 616 people. Now, that's gutsy. And and I love talking to those people. So independent bookstores were were critical to us, and, and we have affiliated with a bunch. Talking to the independent booksellers gives the same reflection of what you just mentioned, Zibi, which is that that the wealth that they derive is not monetary. The wealth that they derive is putting a book in somebody's hands mm-hmm. and and having them come back and say, I loved this book and you have inspired me to read this, this, this and this as well. That that is where they get their compensation. And, and I, I admire them immensely the same way, I guess, writers do. A number of writers have said to us, once I've written the book, it's not mine anymore. It's mm-hmm. yours. It's the reader's. Uh, I would think that would be a tremendously satisfying thing for them to say. And one of the booksellers that we talked to told us a wonderful story. She put she put the old man in the sea in the hands, the Hemingway book in the hands of an eight year old, an eight year old. And the eight year old came back 10 years later. This was a, a resort bookstore. And the kid came back every every year with his parents, I guess, to vacation here. And he had the book, which was all dog-eared. And he said for 10 years, it had been on his bedside table. And he had read it and reread it. And she said, oh, can I see it? And he handed it to her. And he said, but don't let any of the sand fall out. And she looked at him quizzically and said, sand? And he said, yeah, I thought it would be really cool to take it down and read it on the beach outside Hemingway's home. And he did. He took it to Cuba. And he read it right in the in the shade, in the lee of the Hemingway home. Now that, she said, is my wealth. One of the things, too, that we realized, I think, by talking to Oprah and talking to many guests, and I bet you've realized it as well, too, is that you can make a devoted reader out of anyone if when you get them as a child, you can get them a book in which they see themselves represented. 
It's one of the reasons that I'll fight book banning all day long, because there are so many different kinds of kids out there and they're looking for themselves. They're looking for the story of themselves and that will inspire them to be readers their whole life. And Oprah told a great story about she wasn't really a reader until she read I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings and she opened it up and she saw herself on every page and that inspired her to be a reader for the rest of her life. I think that's really important for kids. Um, I'm hoping we can do an episode on on the fight right now to to keep books um, available to all kids. But kids need to see themselves in books. And that will create a reader out of almost anyone, which makes me really happy. And we talked to the to the proprietor of a bookstore in Chicago, which basically caters to the LGBTQ community. And 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 that bookseller said to us, it wasn't until, you know, it was a very brave thing to write a memoir if you were not straight in the ages that, that this woman had grown up. And now it's much more common, but she said um, it's really important that the kids who might feel in some way, well, feel different, uh, that they find themselves in that kind of book. And she said, as a result, our bookstore is, is really important. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. It's your it's your episode. No, I was just... Uh... <laughs> I was just going to make a joke, like, why then I wonder, do my kids like Dogman? Like, why are they seeing themselves in Dogman? I don't even, like, what does that say about them? I don't know. I'm gonna my daughter's into Captain Underpants, so. Right, exact same thing. Yeah, it's like. Better than Captain Underpants. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you do your podcast, you ask a number of questions to some of your guests. So I wanted to ask them back to you. I don't know if you've had them asked to you. So I'm going to do that. So both of you, what are, and these are, if you listen to the bookcase for listeners of this show, you will hear all these amazing authors like John Irving summarize his life in five words, which was hilarious and just amazing. Anna Quinlan and Mary Laura Philpott. And it's just so cool. Okay. What is the most influential book in your life? Or what has been the most influential book of your life? A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. Yeah, in terms of influential, uh, I, I would say Tom Wolfe's The Right Stuff. Hmm. It is always interesting to me. That was written about the astronauts and they're having the right stuff. But but the way that, that 
so many industries or businesses or or networks are pyramidical and and you sort of start at the bottom and you work your way up to the top and if you fall off to the side and you don't have the right stuff whatever that may be in whatever business you may be in uh people tend to say well okay he didn't make it you know and and write him off and and that's an unfortunate but it's true in so many different guises in life that you sort of have to rise up to get to the top of the pyramid and if you fall off the side nobody has a whole lot of time for you which i think is sort of unfortunate i i've just found it a brilliant brilliant book okay well i have I can't give that many poetic reasons for liking a prayer for Owen meaning, but I can tell you that I reread it every couple of years and every couple of years it changes, its meaning changes for me. And it was also the first book I think I read where almost after every page I would go, oh, just because of the writing. I mean, every, I mean, when he says I am a Christian because of Owen Meany, every time I go, oh, I mean, it's just the way he writes in that book to me is is transcendent. So I I love that book. I know you, you were encouraging readers just to read like the first five pages or something. You're like, you will get it once you read a few pages. So excited for his new book. Favorite time and place to read? After my kids go to bed. <laughs> There's just, I, I, and God love my kids. I love them so much. And I'm so, I mean, they are, they are, they are my reason. They are all my reasons. But that being said, there's just something nice to know that I can read. And at no point, nobody's going to go, mom, like, that's just, there's, there's something wonderful about that. Well, you're lucky because my kids still bother me in the middle of the night. So uh, <laughs> you, you win on that front. <laughs> okay. The, I, I would answer that question. We, my wife and I, I did a lot of traveling when I worked for ABC and and my wife and I both love to travel, but I've traveled for work. And what I hate to do is to pack and unpack and pack and unpack. So I want to go somewhere and stay there. And my wife wants to go someplace different every day. Mm. So we've gotten into cruising, which is uh, not, it's not inconsiderable in the cost of doing so, but we love that. And, and I would say not just a favorite time to read, but place. These, these new cruise ships now, you get a balcony off your cabin. And i going out, sitting in a chair, looking at the sea as you cruise and reading is to me the perfect spot. Oprah described her spot as when it's raining and she opens the door and she's sitting in front of a fire and she's got a dog at her at the base of her chair and whatever that she said i do it right yeah and i feel like cashmere throw on her lap or something yeah it's very idyllic like Like, (laughs) also too like that would also be my like if i could open up the windows in hawaii and get my non-existent dog and like uh, i wanted to be in that room with oprah and just read with her you can borrow my dog (laughs) (laughs) well I'm i'm telling you being on a cruise ship sitting on a Sitting on your terrace and looking at the sea and reading is just it's it's perfect. Wait, do you it, have a do you have a cruise line or like something? I feel like there's so many options that I wouldn't even know where to start in getting a in doing a cruise. Well, if they'd sponsor the podcast, I'd mention the two that we love. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, any yeah, cruise lines out there? If you would like to sponsor these two podcasts, we'll take a big fun bookish cruise together. <laughs> Regent Cruise Line down in Fort Lauderdale, I think it is. We'd love to have you sponsor the podcast. <laughs> okay. Silver Regent. Sea. Are uh, you listening? <laughs> okay. Favorite children's book? Oh. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because it's my. I think it's my favorite book in the world, uh, Charlotte's Web. And right behind that, I, I think everybody has a copy of Goodnight Moon. I would put that on the list. And then one that we're going to actually get into in, in, the, in the next GMA spot we do 
which is uh, Alexander and the Horrible, Terrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, which I love. I love that too. I just did an um, I, Instagram post and ended it hashtag even in Australia. <laughs> oh yeah, even in Australia was actually a phrase in my house. We said it a lot. I loved Eloise because I was a, a pain in the A and she was a pain in the A. And um, and so I always saw myself in that book. I loved, loved, loved that book. But Charlotte's Web was also a big one for me. Most of E.B. White, you know, Stuart Little, Trumpet of the Swan. I was just, I was a fan. And then I also really, really loved James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Ebook or audiobook? Book. 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 But book. I do, I do, I do, since I since I started doing this, I also do audiobooks obsessively. So if I'm not reading my book um, and I'm folding laundry or I'm making my bed or I'm whatever, I'm listening to an audiobook and I generally try to listen to it at time and a half, which means I can absorb more books. But I, but and while I think the answer is easy to that, it's book. When you're traveling, when I'm out on that terrace on the ship, I've got a Kindle in my lap because it it is made reading on a, on when you travel so much easier. And also that's interesting. I, I think there's an interesting psychology, Kate, which I think would be sort of fun to explore in one of the podcasts, which is it's easier to buy books on a Kindle. And you will if if you might go into a bookstore and you get three in your hands and you think, oh, gracious you know i've got 50 dollars worth of books in my hand or 60 or whatever and then you get on a kindle and it's kind of easy and you just keep and the, so there's a whole lot of books on my kindle it's like disney isn't it they don't let you spend money anymore they just give you a wristband yes. so you're like this is so magical i'm not paying for anything <laughs> and then at the end they hand you all the paperwork and you're like oh whoops i i, I don't i i've tried an e-reader i have um my parents gave me one um, my husband would love it when we moved from New York. He had to pack up all the books and take them with us. But I just, it's not me. I like pages. I like knowing where I am in the pages. So going on vacation, um, my husband knows he has to leave almost half a suitcase for me if it's long. I think our husbands our husbands have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate's bookcase is her biography. She yes. lines the books in the order she reads them in her bookcase and she can look and realize what age she was when she read that and what was going on in her life, et cetera. I'm, I'm not nearly that organized, but it's an interesting way to approach reading. It's the only OCD thing I do. <laughs> Favorite character in literature? Oh, I, 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 I'd go along with Kate on that. I'd say Owen Meany. Fascinating character. Really interesting character. And I've got a very distinct voice for him in my head. I talked to an interview once who said to me, I asked John Irving to do the voice. And my first reaction was, oh God, I hope he didn't do it. And the interview said he didn't do it. And I was like, yeah, because I, I have a very distinct voice. Charlotte also, Charlotte and Wilbur her, are also right up there for me. Okay. Yeah. Then you have, you ask people, what's the most revered book you read and didn't like? Isn't that your question? Yeah. Because <laughs> no. I have a very, I have a very specific book in mind. I had a great professor actually in, in at Princeton who uh, taught a course in the English novel. We started with Pamela, and we went right up through the Alexandria Quartet. And we sp- he was a he was a, a Joycean scholar, and we spent three weeks on Ulysses. Ulysses. <laughs> See, you blocked it out. You blocked it out. Ulysses blocked it out. We spent three weeks on Ulysses, and I hated it. I hated it. And I he kept talking about the predominant color in each chapter, and it, and um, I didn't get any of it. I just, I thought it was a terrible, anyway. And it's supposedly the great English novel. So actually, one of the things I want to do is have a podcast with a debate among English professors about about whether or not this book really is as worthy as so many of them 
say and revere. But I feel that maybe that's a little, I don't know, is that too highbrow, Kate, to do? No, I think actually I want to do Ulysses. I want to do Don Quixote, which I did not understand. Uh, everybody from Spain, my apologies. I know Cervantes is a is a is a big deal. I didn't get Don Quixote, and over the over the pandemic, I read Infinite Jest. Amazing. I read Infinite Jest. I'll just say that I read Infinite Jest. <laughs> I read it, Great. and I, I I almost feel like I should get that tattooed on my arm. I read Infinite Jest, and then put the date. All respect to David Foster Wallace, who was clearly a brilliant, brilliant man. But um, that book was, I read it. I'll make you a t- I'll make you a t-shirt. How about yeah. that? You can just yeah. wear it when you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, less mm-hmm. than in, in some way. Mm-hmm. I know we're almost out of time and we could talk books all day, but I know our shared mission is to help people connect through books, keep reading, not be so distracted by the 8 million things, including devices and so many things that are vying for our attention. What can we do? What are you, what, aside from podcasting and trying to proselytize ourselves, do you think there's anything else we can do or that other people who are, who love to read can do to, to make reading as exciting as, as we feel it is? Well, I'll start because I know my father is going to be more articulate than I am. But I just, for me, I think that you use the right word there. We live in an economy of attention. I think right now, advertisers, everybody's trying to get your attention. That's what's being monetized these days. And I think also we did a a piece with Azar Nafisi on the show. Uh, She wrote a book called Reading Dangerously. And I think what she is saying, and I think it's really important, is we are not a country that is very good at talking to each other right now. We're incredibly divided. And we're not challenging ourselves by reading. And we really should be because it is by humanizing the other that we can understand the other, we can have empathy for the other, and we can sympathize for the other. So I think this country needs to do more of it, but that's more of me on my soapbox. In terms of making it more exciting, you can go anywhere in a book and it costs you almost nothing. It costs you the price of a library card. So I can't, it's a, it's an addiction for me. Osronophacy was a very interesting interview. I don't think many people have read that book, but she wrote a book called Reading Lolita in Tehran which was a subversive act at the time that she had a little reading group doing it. And she believed, she quotes uh, Nabokov, or Nabokov, I never know how to pronounce his name, in her book, Reading Dangerously, in saying that imagination is the first step toward, what is it, Kate? How was that? I'm missing the quote. Imagination. Subversion. Some fortune of subversion, rebellion, something like that. Right. And, and, And she believed you do that through fiction. That that really opens your mind to other ideas because nonfiction is wedded to fact and fiction will really open your mind and get you thinking differently. I think that's a very powerful argument. And and I don't you know, I we say with this podcast, you're you're not going to read every book we talk about. But if we just get you to think, oh, gee, that sounds interesting. Or, oh, if we get you to think that author is really smart and they all are, they're so smart in what they do. And as I say, I have no greater respect for any craft beside writing, overwriting. I just think writers are the most important people in, in many respects in our society. So it's, it is a privilege to talk to them. And Kate talks about all the writers that we talk to who are of, of whom she is a fan I'm a fan of all of them. If you if you can sit down and and have the discipline to write and have the mind that is expansive enough to come up with something that will interest somebody for 250, 300 pages, 
more power to you. Or in the case of John's latest book, 892 pages. Yeah, John's, 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 John Irving's latest book is called The Last Chairlift. Comes out, I think, in October. Uh, Kate and I are reading it at the moment. It's it's almost 900 pages. John, John, John. <laughs> on the pen. <laughs> my wife has a my wife has a, an expression that if you can't say it in 500 pages, don't say it. Uh, I don't I don't know. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for coming on Mom's Stone Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me as a guest on the bookcase, which I am just so honored to be among the highly esteemed other writers who I adore, um, many of whom have been on this podcast too. And it's just so wonderful to talk to such like-minded book enthusiasts so that collectively we can all keep the excitement going and, you know, like, I don't know, balls in the air, right? Well, it's it's an interesting thing that you're doing, and that we are as well. If you're a reader and if you really love reading, then why are you going to take time out to listen to a podcast? <laughs> because you, you know, why aren't you reading? But, but if, if I, I go back to that idea, if you can get people to say, well, oh, that's something I hadn't thought about before. Yes. I have a good friend after the John Irving interview. He said, you know, I've been for the last 30 years, I've been reading nothing but nonfiction, but uh, you really got me interested in John. And so I've read uh, prayer for Owen Meany. I read uh, uh, World According to Garp, and now I just finished uh, last night in Twisted River. And he said, I loved it, and I think you've changed my reading habits. You've opened up a new world to me. So if you can do that, maybe that's our wealth. Maybe that's our wealth. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Really Bye. appreciate you having us on. My pleasure. And I uh, love the podcast. I look forward to more. You're doing a good job, kiddo, but you're doing it every day. (laughs) He really, he can't get over that. He can't get over that. After we talked to you the other day, he calls me up and he's like, every day. (laughs) Well, see, this is an interview. You can see how I could do this over and over again. This is a piece of cake. Thank you so much, Divi. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.